Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello, world of the internet, and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. As I slowly get things set up, as I've been running around, very nice to see all your faces again. Not true, can't see you at all. I can see you as sort of like um, avatars if you're on YouTube, though. And obviously, I can't see you if you're listening to the podcast version. But you can do all of that. You can come watch it at youtube.com, Forces Miller Report Rules. Again, just search for Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast on iTunes Podcast, all that kind of nonsense. And again, shout out to everyone that came and supported the Patreon this week, patreon.com forward slash Simon316. Every single dollar, even if you can only give a dollar, helps me no end. Oh, I've got on my hand. Uh, it helps me no end because that's how I'm able to do this stuff. You know, personal projects need to bring in money too. It's as simple as that. So my heart goes out to everyone that has able to support me during that. What a week it has been in pro wrestling, eh? A week ago, we had no idea what Raw held in store for us. And yet here we sit. And we've got Johnny Gargano, we've got Tommaso Ciampa, uh, we've got Alistair Black, and we've got Ricochet. All of them, DIY, and they're, they're just all smashing it on Raw and SmackDown. Admittedly, how they came onto Raw wasn't exactly... Well, I don't think it was how a lot of people would, would have wanted to see them debut. I mean, there is kind of an argument where, you know, I have seen this pop up too, where people have said not a lot of people probably know who they are from a mainstream point of view. And I think that's true. You know, I don't know how many people watch NXT week in, week out, but it's obviously less than Raw and SmackDown. That just stands to reason, especially because it's only on the WWE Network. And therefore, there's a paywall, yada, yada, yada. But that's why we did a, a What Culture video on this, where you can watch, you know, why um, the, the biggest sort of a moment of Raw 2019 was ruined, which I do think is true to a certain extent. I don't know why WWE felt the need to hotshot it too much and not, you know, hold off for a hot wrestling town, or at least a smart wrestling town like New York, Chicago, Philadelphia. The strange thing is they're in Philadelphia in two weeks, on March the 4th. They're at the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia. And I know they've done Raws there in the past. They haven't got that kind of massive reaction that some people would expect from a town like that. But doesn't it make more sense to hold off, you know, everything you've got till then, especially because you know you've had take... We've had NXT TakeOver Philadelphia's. I've seen the name. I've seen the title. And obviously in uh, Lafayette, Louisiana, which is where Raw was. Again, I don't hold it against anyone not knowing who they were. But it just, you know, it took the sting out of the tail. I was quite excited to see what, what you know, how, how this would all happen. Especially because it's four guys that we've talked about for a long time. How will they get, you know, what will they do on Raw? What will they do on SmackDown? How will they debut? And it kind of, it kind of just turned up. I really thought that the weird bios that they did at the start of Raw, where Michael Cole just narrated over the top of them, I didn't like that at all because it made it, it just wasn't very exciting. For some reason, my Google Assistant has just started playing. For no reason. How bizarre is that? Hey, Google, turn this off. That's terrifying. That scared the absolute shit out of me. What did we even say that sounded like Michael Jackson? It's going to do it again now. Anyway, there you go. That's the beauty of watching live. That's why we watch Raw and that's what... Oh, go away. Oh, for fuck. This is ridiculous. Hey, Google. Hey, Google. <laughs> it's just so stupid. Hey, Google. Hey, hey, Google. <laughs> Turn off. 
I'm gonna have to go unplug it. This is the stupidest thing that's ever happened to me in my life. How ridiculous is that? Don't interrupt my flipping podcast. That's terrifying. That is absolutely terrifying. Michael Jackson starts playing and then it won't turn off. He's watching us, I tell you. Let's not talk about Michael Jackson. Anyway, uh, I don't remember what we were saying. I think the point now is it's happened. Everything that happened on SmackDown was far better than on Raw, right? That's the most important thing. And then hopefully everything that happens on Raw will be better than SmackDown. The really sort of interesting stuff comes... Uh, it was a Wrestling Observer Radio this morning with Dave Meltzer or last night if you're in the States. But uh, you... He said that Raw was completely rewritten at like 2pm on Monday after they decided to sort of pull the trigger on all these guys coming up. And that's why a lot of it didn't make any sense. It's why Bobby Lash and Leah Rush were put back together because they needed a tag team to take on Finn Balor and Ricochet because originally the plan was going to be Finn Balor versus Ricochet and Triple H went, don't do that. Why are you going to do face versus face? Also, who wins and loses? You know, whoever loses that match is going to be screwed and you can't do a non-finish because that sucks. So, you know, that's why they came back together. We got Alexa. So it was meant to be Alexa Bliss versus Ronda Rousey in the main event. Ronda Rousey was going to kick her ass. That got changed to Ruby Riot because they needed more time for a wrestling match because loads of the original show was written around Seth Rollins and Seth Rollins couldn't fight because he's still, come, he's still uh, suffering from a back injury and he didn't get cleared. So that is why it all got changed as it did. And also the most interesting part is the reason all those four guys got pulled up, uh, called up is because Vince McMahon looked at the roster and went, we need some new stars. We're lacking star power. But I don't believe anyone we've currently got is of the level that they need to be. And I don't. I think we buried them too much, essentially, to the point that no one will ever buy them as stars. Can you believe it? Imagine you're Rusev. The video's going up later. Um, it's actually exporting right now. But the video's going up later on, on, on what culture about this. But imagine you are Nakamura or Rusev or Mojo Rawley or... Anybody, you can think of any any name, and you just heard that. You're like, all I did was what the company told me to do, and now I'm being told because I did it to the best of my abilities, that's it. I'm done, and I'm out, and no one's ever going to give me a push again, to the point we have to go out and get new guys. And look, it's great for Gargano, Champa, Black, and Ricochet, and they more than deserve that opportunity. Of course they do. But I, I, to me, it's just crazy, especially because they didn't do anything wrong. That's the thing that I really, really, really don't, I don't know how anybody fathoms that. And we've all been talking about who's going to get the, who's next to ask for their release because that's been going around a lot. I imagine a lot of guys because also it fills up the cards more as well. If you're someone that comes and goes from TV and now you've got these four guys that are going to be pushed to the moon. And again, absolutely deserved for those four guys. This is more of a management thing than a talent thing. But it is absolutely, it is absolutely crazy that, you know, Rusev is the big one for me. I would imagine Rusev came up in that conversation. Don't know why, just a gut feeling, could be absolutely wrong. But if you are Rusev and you've been trying your best, especially with some of the crap that he's been given, and now the boss has decided, well, we can't really do much with him now because he doesn't feel like a big enough star, you're going to be pissed off. I made a really good analogy on my video, but I'm going to hold it back. I'm going to hold that one back for the video. You have to tune in. When I came up with that, that's really good. So I think we're in for an interesting few weeks. I think more people will ask for their release. Talking of releases, Ty Dillinger asked to be released. I imagine it will be granted. Don't know why I think that. I think it comes down to the part that it would be unfair not to. They don't use him on TV. Don't know what he does at live shows and live events. Uh, I think he asked to go back to NXT and they said no. 
So if you're not going to grant him any of these things, then yeah, you should let him back out into the world. You should let him do what he loves to do. So we will have to see. We will have to see. But um, absolutely crazy episode of Raw. Again, I thought all four were much better used on SmackDown. For Alistair Black looked great. Kind of perplexed we did Alistair Black versus Andrade. Much for the same reason I would have been perplexed if we had done Finn Balor versus Ricochet. I don't see why Andrade had to lose. And also, I thought Andrade was feuding with Rey Mysterio. Last time I saw Andrade, he was beating up on Rey Mysterio. And yet all of a sudden, that's not happening. I think we need to stop doing that as well. That's starting to grind my gears, and I'm the most positive wrestling fan ever. But if I enjoy something, even if I don't, but if I buy into it and invest and make sure that I keep that information in my brain, and then a week later it's all of a sudden vanished again, it's almost like before you start watching a show, it's like, well, what, what am I meant to take as canon, and what's not canon? Like, what will be important next week, and what won't? And who's a face, who's a heel? It does get really confusing to watch. And I'm not watching wrestling with anyone new at the moment, but I can imagine if you are a new watcher, you're going to be absolutely baffled. Especially with something like Bobby... If you Just say for some reason you watch the Elimination Chamber and you see Bobby Lashley absolutely destroy Leo Rush and the only justification you get from them coming back together is Michael Cole saying, oh, they had a chat. You'd be like, well, that seems a bit shallow. That seems a bit weird. And another part, I think, I, I do think all four of the NXT guys will help. I do. I think once they get going and once they start having the match quality, we know that they're able to, especially if they've got the machine behind them. I think they will help ratings and I think they'll help the overall landscape of WWE. But I also think we have to start remembering that you can take someone that's not necessarily the best talent in the world, but put them in a good story and wrestling fans will buy into that too. And that feels like something we're not doing a lot of. Like, exa for example, the Andrade race stuff I thought was doing really well. I thought it was ticking along. People were enjoying it. And yet, that seems to be gone. I mean, where is Rey Mysterio? We haven't seen him in a few weeks now. You know, Dean Ambrose just goofing around with Seth Rollins after they'd been, you know, at odds with each other for weeks, especially all the stuff with Roman Reigns. It's very, it's very interesting. It's very, it's, it's very interesting what's going on. But we'll see. It makes things more interesting, right? I think that's the most important. I said interesting a lot there. But I think that's the most important bit. I want to tune into Raw. I want to tune into SmackDown. I want to see what they're going to do. I like Alistair Black. I didn't necessarily like the way that Michael Cole called him moody and depressed and dark, like he was some sixteen-year-old teenager, sixteen-year-old emo teenager. I thought that was um, that was absolutely ridiculous. That's not getting his character at all. Excuse me. The cool thing about about his character is quite nuanced and it's quite interesting, and there's layers there. It's not just always moody and mad at the world. So I thought that was, that was an interesting take. And as for the Elimination Chamber view too, we should talk about the first pay per view, uh, first podcast post that pay-per-view, I thought it was all right. Like, it was easy enough to watch. It was decent, but it wasn't necessarily, I, you know, I think it was, as, uh, you know, people call them B pay-per-views. I thought it was fine for a B pay-per-view. I thought both Elimination Chamber matches were good. The men's one I thought was great, one of the best ones that we've seen. Uh, the women's one was fine, maybe a bit too long, but I liked the finish a lot. And I like the ending sequence of Bailey, Sasha Banks, and Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose. I like the fact that the Boston Hug Connection won. I think that was correct. Otherwise, I think you could probably forget about anything else on that card. Obviously, the Miz lost the Miz and Shane McMahon lost their titles to the Usos, but they're having a rematch at Fastlane because automatic rematches are a thing. Ronda Rousey versus Ruby Riot is what it was. The angle afterwards was better. I can't even remember what else was on that card now, which kind of sums up that not a lot really was going on. Oh, of course, you had Finn Balor versus Bobby Lashley and, and Leo Rush, which you know Finn Balor won the IC champion from the guy that's not even the IC champion. It was all right. Like, there was nothing really, really horrendous on it. You know, there's nothing like absolutely terrible. I mean, maybe Braun Strowman versus Baron Corbin. In fact, I'd actually forgotten that had happened. And I forgot that had happened on Raw. That got absolutely uh, overshadowed by everything else that happened after it. But, you know, 
it was uh, it was fine. It, it, it was fine. It was an enjoyable. I was doing what three hours, sixteen minutes, three sixteen, the best. I'm all right with that. I can't get too mad at, at short pay per views. So yeah, I thought it was okay. Um, not going to long live in the memory, especially now because we're already moving on to Fastline. We're going to get Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan, as we found out about SmackDown. Kind of makes that chamber match pointless, but again, it was fun. So that's all that matters. And we are getting the Miz and Shane McMahon taking on the Usos in, in a rematch for the titles. Which you've got to imagine, given that the Miz's dad is going to be in the crowd, is when we start planting seeds for whatever's going to happen between the Miz and Shane McMahon. I absolutely think they're going to have a match at WrestleMania. I think it's as clear as day. The question is who goes heel and who goes face. You know, you could argue that The Miz is doing all of this to pull the wall over Shane's eyes. Hence why his dad's going to be involved. I don't know. I don't know. And I don't mind them as a as a pairing. I think they're actually quite enjoyable to watch. It's far better than when it first started. So I'll be intrigued to see where... I'd be intrigued to see where it goes. Other than that, on SmackDown, both Raw and SmackDown were dominated by the NXT guys. You you had tag matches, and obviously you had the singles ones as well. I thought Ricochet looked great, but as we've said for a while, Ricochet can only look great, because Ricochet is Ricochet, and he's amazing. You know, he does things in the ring that other people can't do. So, even though at this juncture we don't know who his character is, he's such a talented pro wrestler, it almost doesn't matter, and we can evolve that, and we can progress that over the, the coming weeks and months. But yeah, I, I liked I, I, I liked it. I liked it. And no, him <coughs> excuse me. Him being Eric Young was a bit weird. Because again, sanity just come back onto my TV screens and I'm just supposed to assume I know where they've been. And why Eric Young would come back to be in a singles match when I thought they were meant to be a tag team. All of that just blows my brain. But hey ho. I'm not gonna worry about it too much because I'm gonna be dead one day and it doesn't seem like a, it doesn't seem worth it. <laughs> But, you know, without it doesn't even matter because the NXT stuff is the talking point. That's what everybody wants to discuss. And that's why we have discussed it. And that's why we have discussed it today. How they time to WrestleMania 35 will be interesting. Kevin Owens has been running those skits where he's coming across like the everyman. So maybe he'll be Daniel Bryan's opponent at WrestleMania, which I'd like. Daniel Bryan versus Kevin Owens in a Universal Championship, uh, sorry, WWE title match, I think is awesome. Especially because I think Kevin Owens could win that. I really, really do. Like, it's... It, that as much as it sucks, the WWE title will be somewhere in the middle of the card. I think the women will end the show. I think the Universal Championship will come just before that. You, you, and maybe the WWE title comes before that too. I actually think they'll put it, maybe open the show with it. But it won't be there. And in that case, they are seeing it as a secondary title. It's just true, as much as that may suck. But that means I think Kevin Owens could win it. And that sounds really disparaging to Kevin Owens. I don't mean it like that. I just mean I think that's how they see him. And if you can get Kevin Owens the everyman versus Daniel Bryan the crazy socialist environmentalist vegan, I think they have great matches. I think Kevin Owens is one of the guys easily that can match Daniel Bryan when it comes to promos. I think we've wanted to see Kevin Owens as a face for a while. So all that just comes together and gets me quite excited. Uh, I don't you know, necessarily like these weird vignettes he's sending in, but hey, you know they're all right. They're fun. They're fun enough to watch. So, yeah, like that. that that's, there's something interesting there. And again, the rumor was that he wasn't going to come back till post WrestleMania 35, but that absolutely can't be the case. So yeah, the question is, what happened? I mean, do we get the revival versus DIY at WrestleMania for the tag team championships? They'd have one of the best matches on the card, especially if they were allowed to recreate what they did down in NXT. I mean, everyone knows how good that was. And if Vince McMahon believes that good wrestling is going to help the ratings, then that is the kind of people you should put together. But then let's say WrestleMania weekend, we are getting that. What does that mean for the proposed Gargano versus Ciampa takeover match that we had long touted? 
I don't think you can separate the audiences that much. You can't have this grudge match going on on the Saturday and then on the Sunday have them teaming up to win the tag titles unless you come up with some incredible story that makes sense. So that would be interesting. I think it's fine for Ricochet. Uh, sorry, not for Ricochet. It was Johnny Gargano because they shot those two endings when it came to the, the US title. Don't fit on the United States Championship, whatever it's called, North American Championship. I don't think they've aired that yet. I get confused. I don't think so. No, they haven't. So you can just, there's two endings basically, one with John, Johnny Gargano winning and one with Velveteen Dream winning. So if Gargano is up, you can easily change that. What we do with the NXT Championship is interesting. I always thought that was going to, to Johnny Gargano, but that is, I don't know, it's all, it's going to be crazy. And again, tying them into WrestleMania programs at this stage. The WrestleMania card, I think, is really hard to call. And that's not usually the case. Usually you can get half the card now just by being smart and looking at what they're doing on Raw and SmackDown and piecing everything together. If I look at Ricochet, I don't know. If I look at Alistair Black, I have no idea. Both faces, I think that's fair to say. Neither of them, no, no one's come up as a heel. Doesn't mean that can't change, especially Tommaso Ciampa. I mean, look, maybe you do this. Maybe you get the Revival versus DIY at WrestleMania, and the reason DIY don't win is because Ciampa turns on Gargano. So actually, we take all the story from NXT, and we throw it right onto Raw or SmackDown. Well, that would be Raw if that was the case. Maybe we do that. And maybe we have the big blow-off match on, I don't know, SummerSlam. And let's face it, when Gargano and Ciampa eventually have a match, it's going to be great. We've seen what they can do. They're brilliant. Of course they're brilliant. So it's... It's a fascinating time. And of course, DIY defeated Sheamus and Cesaro on SmackDown as well. I did think it was interesting that on Raw with the Revival, a team that's had some controversy with management, it was a pin. Kind of cut and dry. But then on SmackDown, it was more of a surprise win. And Cesaro was like, oh no, I didn't see this coming. So that made me laugh. But hey-ho. It's all about where we're going to go now. And, you know, again, as I keep saying, as long as next week is better than this week and the week after that is better. So as long as we're a month down the line and they feel like superstars and they're being pushed well and they're winning matches and no 50-50 booking and they're not cutting stupid promos, this is what we want, right? This is what we want. It, it, it does negate NXT a little bit, but given the sheer number of people that watch Raw and SmackDown compared to NXT, you want your best guys on it. And it's not like any of them are learning anything. If we, if we still call it a developmental territory, no, it's... Well, even if it is, these guys don't need to be developed anymore. They're ready to go. I think they've proven that this week uh, as it is. And we do have a big announcement on NXT tonight as well. That's what they've been teasing. I mean, it could be a TV deal. It could be the fact that it's going live on FS1 come October. It could be that they're resetting all the titles. <clears throat> Excuse me, what's going on? It could be that they're resetting all the titles. And that's how you get around them being called up. It could be one of a million things. I don't know. But I'm certainly, uh, I'm excited. Like, even if it turns out we fall back into the status quo in a couple of weeks, I never mind that, as I've said with AEW. Because the cool thing is we can enjoy it right now. And that's all you should ever do. Because, man, maybe WWE closes down tomorrow. I mean, it's not going to happen. But just enjoy it for what it is. We've got some cool talking points. You know, a bunch again, a bunch of guys that deserve a call up have got it. Don't know what happens to EC3. Can you imagine if you're Heavy Machinery, EC3, or Nikki Cross? And Nikki Cross was not on either show this week. EC3, all EC3's been allowed to do is turn up, not talk, lose one, lose a match, win a match, pose in the mirror. So his confidence can't be up right now. Or at least he must be raising his eyebrow a little bit. And Heavy Machinery are the bushwhackers. <laughs> I mean, that's what happened on Raw. Heavy Machinery became the bushwhackers, which is just... Is, is unbelievable, unbelievable to, to do that, but pff, I don't know, the only, I think the only, I don't mind the heavy machinery sort of having fun, as Michael Cole said, but they need to be serious as well, because we need a good tag team division on both shows, on both, that's, I mean, 
talk going back to the women's tag team championships, that's what I'm excited about the most is that I feel like Bailey and Sasha Banks made it very clear they'll defend them on Raw, they'll defend them on SmackDown, but they'll also defend them on NXT. And I'm all about champions going wherever they want to go because it just makes the process so more simpler to understand and it makes sense. You are the tag team champions, not because you're on a brand, but because you are the tag team champions. And when all of a sudden you have to say, oh, they're just one set of tag team champions, I do think it negates a little bit. It's the same with UFC and boxing. The more titles that you introduce, and I understand that it's weight classes, but the more you do introduce, the more you water them down. And I think right now those belts do have a certain credence and importance to them and the best way to keep that going is to allow Sasha Banks and Bailey to roam around. I mean, it's kind of a double-edged sword because I think WWE's doing it because they just don't have enough teams. And it looks like their first feud is going to be Tamina versus Nia Jax, which worries me a little bit because they could always win. I can always see Tamina and Nia Jax winning because they're big and WWE loves big people. But it's good that DIY has been inserted into that mix when we're talking about tag teams. And if the Usos hang around, their contracts are coming up in April so they could leave. It... Um, yeah, it, it will it will be interesting. Um, talking about that, I know there's a lot of personal stuff that went on this week with Corey Graves and the Usos. I ain't going to talk about that. That's not what we talk about here. We talk about wrestling storylines. I don't talk about people's personal lives. It's nothing to do, it's nothing to do with me. That's private stuff. Unfortunately, it does get out there because that's just the wrestling world we live in. But, you know, unless it's something huge, like some of the unfortunate things we've seen in the past, where to ignore it uh, would just be ridiculous. When it comes down to stuff like that, I don't feel like it's my place to talk about it. Everyone is entitled to a private life to a certain degree. And there's plenty of avenues out there to discuss it, should you so wish. So we're not we're not going to talk about it. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's Raw. That's SmackDown. Let me just do what I usually do before we answer some questions. Because uh, I was a little bit late today because I suck. And just make sure that nothing is broken. There's no news. Nothing we need to discuss. What are you doing? What is going on with my technology today? I opened up the page and it just crashed straight away. That Google thing, I never get over that. I'll leave it in though for the audio people as well uh, that like to listen. I know what people like. Well, not like people just like. Oh, the other thing is that apparently we didn't talk about the Undertaker, did we? Let's talk about the Undertaker quickly. So the Undertaker is doing Starcast, which is crazy. Like it's not an All Elite event, but obviously it is affiliated with All Elite in the sense it's happening the same weekend as Double or Nothing. Conrad Thompson, the guy that runs it, obviously gets on with Cody Rhodes, and they're all going to be there. Young Bucks, Kenny Omega. But it is not, it's a booking, right? Undertaker apparently is charging $25,000 an hour. Good for him. I mean, that's seriously as well. If that's what, if there's a, if a market for it, awesome. Apparently $150 for autographs. Again, it's about business. If you want to pay it, then fair play. I mean, the actually, the latest rumors is that Vince McMahon wasn't happy about this when he found out. I don't know what that ties in. Uh, maybe they told him there was no WrestleMania place for him. So he's like, well, I'll go out and make money. So I'm going to go and make money. And it is a big deal. Absolutely. When I saw it, it made me go, oh my gosh, because it's just, it's The Undertaker, right? And he's so synonymous with WWE that you're surprised when you hear him take a booking like a quote-unquote normal wrestler. Because we don't see him as a normal wrestler. He is The Undertaker. So yeah, apparently it was, it irked Vince McMahon a little bit and that may have triggered some WrestleMania plans. But I think the thing that ties into all of this is there's a bunch of news stories going around saying The Undertaker is retired from wrestling. I don't think that's true. Again, Dave Meltzer mentioned that his wrestling contract has expired with WWE. But I don't believe that has anything to do with The Undertaker retiring. I'm not saying he hasn't, but people are reporting it as fact. And I don't think that's the case at all. So, you know, even if he has no contract with WWE... You know, so what? It doesn't mean I'm not, I'm not saying he's going to fight for anybody else, but I don't think he's closed the door on his career just yet. Which is just my my interpretation of everything that I've heard. But you know, he can do he can do whatever he wants. This is the problem. I did a tweet about this, going you know who who thought 
The Undertaker was going to be associated with a you know a semi AEW affiliated event. And when all he can do what he wants, of course he can do. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying it's surprising to see it happen. But it's not it's not him working for a rival company from a wrestling point of view. He's doing a wrestling signing. And if you even if you have one of the Legends deals, you're allowed to do that. I mean, Jerry the King Lawler was there last year. Um, X Pac was there last year talking about All In Starcast weekend. So you know they all have Legends deals, as far as I know. It's just different for The Undertaker because, he's the again, he's The Undertaker. It does carry with it a different set of rules. When that interview came out a couple of months ago, people couldn't believe it because The Undertaker out of character. And that's how well he's done protecting, you know, protecting that role for so many years. Now he can't even go out and make a living without us as fans going, well, this is preposterous. He can't do this, which does crack me up a little bit. But... Yeah, I, I thought it was, I thought it was fair to, to talk about that just as I go through my my list of news. And otherwise, I think that's pretty much. I mean, the Kofi Kingston stuff is cool, of course. Kofi, I think we mentioned it earlier. Kofi Kingston is going to be fighting uh, Daniel Bryan at Fastlane. Absolutely awesome. I don't think he will win the championship. I would like him to win the championship, but I don't think he will. Especially if we are building to Daniel Bryan versus Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. I just like that idea. That would make um, that would that would make me happy. I mean, the last thing we'll mention is apparently Lacey Evans is in is in line for a huge push. And that from a post-WrestleMania point of view where Ronda Rousey is expected to leave, the top three women are going to be Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair and Lacey Evans. Take that for what you will. I'm never going to poo-poo or shit on somebody's push. She could live up to that billing and then some. I don't necessarily like her walk down to the aisle, turn around, walk back up the aisle gimmick, we'll call it. I think it's a bit stupid and a bit redundant. It doesn't make me like her more. It's not quirky enough to be funny. It just kind of comes at inopportune moments, much like it did on SmackDown where we found out that Oscar's big uh, big absence from TV over the last four months was just so that she could come back on SmackDown and lose to Mandy Rose. After, let's not forget, Mandy Rose was in a wounded position, which is the idea of wrestling, and Oscar didn't want um, didn't want to, what do you call it, capitalize on that, because who knows why. That was strange. And then she lost. Mandy Rose just rolled her up. Rolled up the SmackDown Women's Champion. And again, if we're doing Mandy Rose versus Oscar at WrestleMania, i got no problem with that. But do this the night after the Royal Rumble and maybe come up with a better way to get that pin. I don't, I just To me, Oscar feels like an afterthought. She, she even got asked that in the ring. Do you feel like an afterthought? And I think Oscar said no or something. I, I would have gone, yes, I do. I, <laughs> I do feel like an afterthought. I don't really think people even know I'm the Women's Champion. But hey-ho, you know... That's, pff. there was the thing about uh, Paige as well, obviously. Someone asked me about this. Paige saying that it was the, the, the fans' fault that women weren't pushed in WWE. I mean, uh, who am I to, to, you know, question Paige? But from my vantage point, it always felt to me like the women were pigeonholed into a certain, well, they were pigeonholed. And that was not their doing. And I think there's a lot of interviews out there from people like Michelle McCall and, Ashley, can't remember her last name, and Melina saying that was the case. But hey ho, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Uh, the Young Bucks came out and said we knew that Kenny Omega was never going to sign with WWE. Doesn't surprise me at all. And I saw one other thing. Oh yeah, apparently Kurt Angle may have a time match at WrestleMania 35. Probably the right thing to do. Um, just a personal thing. And again, he can wrestle for as long as he wants. It just, and nothing will ever affect your legacy. I always say this. I don't believe in, oh, you've, oh, when Shawn Michaels came back and people say it affected his legacy. I don't believe that. Because I think once everything calms down again, people remember, uh, they remember the best, right? They remember the, the really, really good times. But Kurt Angle, I don't feel like he's adding anything. Um, 
if he's enjoying it, that's different. He's allowed to do it. But I just, I don't know. That's just how I feel. I feel like we, we, we could move on from it all now and it would be okay. From a fan's point of view, and there'll be other fans that think differently. And again, if Kurt Angle wants to keep going, he should absolutely keep going. And more, more power to him. The Dean Ambrose stuff is weird as well, isn't it? I don't know. I don't really know. I think it's quite clear that Dean Ambrose is leaving after WrestleMania because he lost to Drew McIntyre in about a minute. He got two Claymore kicks. And then he has that weird, goofy segment with Seth where he goes backstage and, you know, pretends that he's forgotten about the last six months, which I imagine is what WWE hopes that we're doing as well. <laughs> I would guess they'd be like, can you just, uh, can you just forget about everything that happened. And it was funny. I think I've always said this. I think Dean Ambrose is really, really good in those roles. I think he has good delivery of his lines. Uh, I think he does have a quirkiness to him, which I, he wouldn't like to hear. But he's very good at it. I've always, Even when he was being the Mountie and eating pizza, there is something entertaining about it. But again, from I don't know what I'm meant to take away from that. Like, where are we going with Dean Ambrose? Are we going to have some kind of shield reunion when Seth Rollins wins the belt at WrestleMania? Maybe Roman Reigns comes out and we need to start planting those seeds now. But it does, it's a bit of a boy who cried wolf scenario because I start thinking, well, why did I invest my time into believing in this story when the end result was, oh, you didn't need to do that. Don't worry about it. Forget it. And the Dean Ambrose, I can't believe the Dean Ambrose heel turn didn't work out. The Dean Ambrose heel turn. The Dean Ambrose heel turn, something I've asked for for ages and thought Dean Ambrose would be one of the best heels we've had in years. And now here we are. And it's done. It's over. He had a semi, why well, keep saying semi, because I love America, a semi-okay feud with Seth, and now all is said and done, and we move on to something else. I don't know what's going on with Drew McIntyre as well, he feels like he's a holding pattern. I know he came out and said he wants to take Seth Rollins' main event, but I mean, maybe they have a match at Fastlane or something, but he's not going to. So who he fight, he'll probably be in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, as they come up with something. It's a very, honestly, it's, it's a crazy time in WWE at the moment, everything that we thought was going to happen isn't going to happen. For example, one of the, I wouldn't call it iconic images, but certainly one of the big images that WWE was pushing after Elimination Chamber was Baron Corbin teaming up with Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley, which made no sense, and I don't miss it at all. However, that's done. They had no affiliation on SmackDown Raw whatsoever. And Braun just beat Baron Corbin in a tables match after losing to him 24 hours earlier. And that's why I've called this video It Hits the Reset Button. It really does feel like that. It feels like that Raw didn't pay attention to anything that we've done over the last few months, which I guess is good in one way, but worrying in another because we kind of did that back in December and now we're already doing it again, which is true as well, by the way. Don't forget that we were meant to be the authority and that McMahon's and Triple H weren't going to be heels, and they absolutely are. And for all we know, Shane McMahon may turn heel at Fastlane. Who knows? Let's answer some questions. Josh Jail. Hey, Simon. Hope all is well. Do you think these are official call-ups? I'm thinking they're just showcasing the talent on NXT. Also, if it is a call-up, I'll be fuming if Vince gets his grubby hands on the Gargano-Champa feud. I think they're up, man. I think they're up. I don't think you can have these videos, have this big push, uh, mention them so much on Raw and SmackDown, have the first thing that comes out of Shane McMahon's mouth on Tuesday nights be, oh, man, what a great debut. Let's get them on here. They're up. It doesn't mean they're not going to be in NXT. But I think they're up. If they vanish now and they then try and get them up again, that's not going to work. That's really going to kill their momentum. So I think this is official. I think all four are going to be you know, planned for WrestleMania and beyond. And probably after NXT TakeOver uh, Brooklyn, New York, whatever the hell it's called, I, I don't think they'll be in NXT anymore. And I think we'll have to put some new bodies in there. Both well for Matt Riddle. I think he can absolutely rise up and take his place. Same with the Velveteen Dream. 
I can't think of anybody else who's who's down. I mean, Cassius Ono and the like, but I don't know anyone else who could step into step into those positions. But no, if they if they if they go away, that's bad. That'd be that would be really really bad news. And I think it is going to affect the Gagano Champa feud. Not that, again. Not I don't think you can begrudge these four guys that this is what they wanted. I'm sure. Uh, Gareth Jones, hey Simon, hope everything is rosy and positive in your life, and you too, my friend. On a scale of I love to it's the best thing ever. What do you make of the Fast Lane advert rap? Oh, I haven't heard the Fast Lane advert rap. Oh, I, I did see the commercial for it. I wasn't really paying much attention to the music. All right, I'll check that out. But I, I don't know yet. I'll let you know. Uh, Mike Faff. Hey, Simon. I was just wondering if you ever have planned or thought of doing a retro version of Ups and Downs. I think it would be super fun, and I hope you're having a wonderful day. Thanks, Mike. We did do up retro versions of Ups and Downs. There's an Ups and Downs for... Kane's career, Undertaker's career, Shawn Michaels' career, Triple H's career, Edge's career. Uh, they were doing all right, but it just people weren't watching them in as much numbers as the more current ones, so we stopped doing them. So a lot of people say, why don't you do ups and downs for NXT? We tried. People didn't watch them. <laughs> and if people don't watch them, there's no point, there's no point doing them. Uh, on that note as well, in exactly 20 minutes, make sure that you do join me. We'll close this one down, and we'll all segue across to What Culture Wrestling, and we'll all watch SmackDown Ups and Downs live, which is always fun, and you can see what I thought of this week's show in terms of thumbs up and thumbs down. So uh, make sure you do that. 20 minutes time. Looking forward to it. And Nick Palmer. Not all NXT call-ups over the years have done well or been given much of a chance. Somehow these call-ups feel different. Do you think Triple H is more hands-on with them or has Vince learned from past mistakes? Or do you expect them to be called off very quickly? Well, apparently it's all Vince McMahon. It doesn't sound like Triple H had a call in any of this. And that could be both good or bad. We have seen, like, take Mojo Rawley, right? Mojo Rawley's, uh, apparently he did do one of a pre-show or something, but still, I didn't see him on my TV this week, which means as far as I'm concerned, he doesn't exist because that we go week to week with this kind of stuff. But if Vince McMahon thinks the key to getting ratings back up is having great wrestling, I think he'll have to stick with them for a little bit. But the question is how long, you know, a little bit needs to be six months or so. These things don't change course overnight. Hence the Stone Cold Steve Austin situation example we always use. He didn't say Austin 316 and then 24 hours later ratings were through the roof. It took another year uh, or something like that. But it was a long, long time. But I, um, yeah, I, I, I don't I don't know. It does feel different. And they are being pushed hard out of the gate. I mean, you know, we, who have we beaten? We've beaten The Bar. We've beaten The Revival. Uh, we've beaten Bobby Lashley and Leah Rush. We've beaten Elias, we've beaten Andrade. Like these are names that WWE has been using to a relative extent in, in, recently. And now they've all been beaten by these guys. Next week will be the key. If they all get 50-50 booked, then we're screwed. But I'm confident. Uh, Babak Kidney. Hey, Simon, the man, the master, the icon. Thanks for everything you do for us. And a big shout out to everyone in this lovely Facebook group. You're a good guy, Babak. I've seen some heartwarming stuff here lately. And I'm glad that I can be a part of this whole ride. And on that note, go enjoy the Facebook group. Just search for Simon as Pro Wrestling Podcast. As the women's tag team titles are going to be tri-branded, which titles do you think should get the same treatment? Lots of love from Hamburg. Hope you enjoy your well-deserved time off next week. Thank you, my friend. Um... All of them. <laughs> no, not all of them. I don't mind the Intercontinental and the United States Championships being brand specific. That makes sense to me. It's a bit like a TV title. But the WWE title, yes. Universal title, yes. Um, that's probably... Um, the women's title as well, yes. Absolutely. I think if you're a world champion, you should you should deviate from both shows. And I think that's more interesting anyway, because it keeps the rosters fresh without breaking the brand split. But it also means if you know the tag team or the world or whatever belt's going to be on whatever show, it gives it importance straight away. 
And it allows other stories to be built when those titles aren't on that TV. I just think it makes much more sense. And again, I always say this, I'm beat them, beat the drum. But it makes it so much easier to explain that the world champion because they're the best. Like the universal champion makes no sense. Who has Brock Lesnar fought from another universe this year or last year? No one. Absolutely no one. But they won't do that because they're not going to get rid of the universal title, the WWE title and the, all the women's and the Raws. But they're just not. And look, they can't care that much about the SmackDown's women's title right now. Oscar was off TV for a month, essentially. And then she comes back on and gets beaten clean by Mandy Rose. I know Daniel Bryan got beaten clean too by Kofi Kingston, but it's all about context. I just I just feel it was different. Uh, Syed Shah. Hey, Simon, with a new call-up. See, everyone's talking about it. Is this just trying to pad out an already overfilled roster? Unfortunately, not Syed. Apparently, it sounds like, again, Vince has, has decided the roster is, is a pile of crap. <laughs> <laughs> and has all been buried and therefore we need to yeah we need we need to start again that's what this is but look if anyone's going to be able to do that it's one of those if not all of those four guys they are the indie darlings was the term they used to use and they smashed it in nxt they prove and they know what they're doing it all depends if you know vince mcmahon stays behind them or not and that can change uh, Christian Brown. Before I get into anything wrestling, I just want to say thank you for what you do. Thank you for listening, Christian. Uh, does Pac not get enough credit or respect for something like being able to walk out in front of his hometown crowd and stay in character the whole time? I think he does. I think these days people are very high on Pac's all-round ability. You know, he's much better at cutting promos, incredible in the ring, a tough bastard as well. If you saw that he fractured his, uh, he's fractured his finger or dislocated his finger in his match against Walter, I think at OTT, and he just snapped it back in like he was eating peanuts, which was crazy. But no, I think people have a lot of respect for Pac these days. I think he's considered someone that WWE dropped the ball on and that they should have done more with, and he absolutely is. I don't know whether you've seen what he's been doing in Defiant, but he's great. Always stays in character, gets it, is a good heel. Still gets over because he's Pac and people love him and he's just ridiculous in the ring. But no, I think most people are behind him in all senses. Uh, who has the highest ceiling of the NXT wrestlers we've seen recently? It all depends how much they want to get behind Ricochet. Because Ricochet is so good in the ring, you can understand people warming to him pretty much instantly. But on Raw, he didn't have many interactions with Bobby Lashley, you'd have to presume... Because whoever was booking the match said, well, that's, un that's unrealistic. Bobby Lashley would kill him, even though it's not. You know, Ricochet should be able to use his athletic skills to get the better of him. That's a perfectly smart contest. Alistair Black, I think, has that WWE thing they like too. So does Johnny Gargano and, Alistair and Ciampa, sorry. But if they're going to be a tag team, that already limits them to a certain point of view. Unless WWE does drastically revamp their tag division, which is what I hope. I think probably Alistair Black, now I think about it. I could see Alistair Black as a future world champion. I don't know why. I mean, he's got the cool entrance. His character is great when it's not being annihilated by commentators. But my gut would say him. But that's not based on much. Uh, you get to pick as many wrestlers as you want to be in the G1 Supercard show in Madison Square Garden. The catch, they can't be working with New Japan, Ring of Honor, or WWE. Oh, that's something I need to sit down and, and, and pen. I, I can't even think. I mean... Um, I don't know, every name that comes to my head, they're already in Ring of Honor, New Japan, or WWE. I'd have to think about that. Maybe we'll get back to that. Uh, will Simon Miller's return to the ring be advertised, or will it be a surprise Ala John Cena's Royal Rumble return a decade or so ago? Uh, I can't answer that, because I don't know. I, I don't have the results. I, I will let, as soon as... I don't, It'll probably be advertised, I imagine, uh, the actual match, but I would say that the angle that cements that I can go again won't be. 
Which is why you got to watch Defiant. Simple as that. But uh, hopefully soon. Hope things have been moving in a good direction recently. If nothing else, I'm sick of being in pain. So, uh, fingers crossed. Uh, where am I looking now? Wiz, WHZ200, I'll call you. Hey, Simon, what are your thoughts on Dominic Djokovic? Or I can never pronounce that guy's name. Djizovic. Could he be a top star in NXT? I think definitely now. Again, if those four guys are going to leave NXT and we need to fill those roles, he is absolutely somebody that could be in there. I mean, I know he didn't do anything on NXT for about a year, but he was one of those guys, again, on the indie scene that everybody couldn't get enough of him. They absolutely loved him. Um, so, yes, I, I, I think he, I think him and Matt Riddle could fill a couple of those of those top spots. It'll take some time. Hopefully, Keith Lee as well. Hopefully, this is Keith Lee's moment. I don't think Keith Lee has really been given a proper opportunity since he's been in NXT, or at least not one that I deem worthy of such a man, which is ironic. But um, yes, that's the good thing about when you have shifts, is that it does always create spots elsewhere. And there's a lot of good guys on NXT that should be able to shuffle across and hopefully become the new Garganos, the new Champers, and, and so on and so forth. Talking of Champa too, and again, you've got to watch SmackDown Ups and Downs if you don't know what I'm talking about. What? How did Shane McMahon say Champa's name? Jumper. It's really weird. That's Champa, Shane. But again, I got a little clip on ups and downs to that. Uh, should you uh, should you want to watch? Um, you can ask some questions, by the way, in the YouTube comments. Now, I didn't say that. I I, I always try and answer as many as I can. So uh, ask whatever you want, and for the last ten minutes or so, we'll answer them. Uh, ASAP videos. Do you think Kofi needs a rebranding? Well, it depends what they're going to do with him. I don't think Kofi Kingston is going to win the WWE Championship as much as I'm perfectly fine with him winning it. I think there are plans uh, for WrestleMania. They're not going to change. I think they have a great match at Fastlane. Maybe there would be a change and Daniel Bryan wins it back on SmackDown or something like that. But no, not really. I think Kofi Kingston is, you know, I think the amount of respect he gets, and that's been proven over the last week or so, is because of the, you know, decade plus just showcase of matches he's he's built up. You know, it's easy to forget that Kofi Kingston is as good as he is because he's been goofing around the New Day, which is great. New Day sell merch, New Day are over, New Day are popular. But they're all really good wrestlers. They are. But obviously, Kofi Kingston had a legacy before that, whereas the other two didn't really. They kind of made their name on the main roster with that group. So it's nice that Kofi gets this, because even if he wins the belt or not, at least this kind of bookends his career a little bit. I'm sure he's going to go on for a long time. But it gives it a start, it gives it a middle, and it gives it an end. And if he can win the WWE Championship, even if for a week, I think it'll be a lovely feel-good moment that we can all just enjoy. And that again, that's what I always talk about when it comes to wrestling. As long as I'm enjoying it, it doesn't matter what's going to happen in a week, two weeks, a year, six months, 10 years. It doesn't matter. If Kofi Kingston wins at Fastlane and loses it on SmackDown, at least I have five days or four days of fun. Other than that, three days of fun. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I, put, I will enjoy it for what it is and then I'll move on to whatever's next. Doesn't mean we can't criticize it or talk about it. But it is what it is. Uh, Sandwich Bashki, should New Day break up? Big E needs a single push. I don't think you need to break them up. I think if you want to push any of them, much like we're doing with Kofi, they can support each other. I don't think we always need to go back to the well with these things, especially because there's no... I can't think of any reason they could come up with that I would believe that they would break up. Like when Becky Lynch turned here and said, oh, you fans never believed in me. I was like, shut up, Bex. This has been the whole point since day one. Uh, so no, I wouldn't um, I, would, I wouldn't do that. Uh, Jan, Jan Gunner. Hi, Simon. Have you heard from Tamatonga lately? Just go to my Twitter account. If you want about good old Tamatonga, don't worry, I got plans. I got plans. I ain't stupid. Uh, I'm thinking. Abe Kalaf, are you worried they'll give Rey Mysterio a WWE title run? 
Uh, oh, you mean Kofi Kingston? Are you worried they'll give Kofi Kingston a Rey Mysterio title run, i.e. 30 minutes, then get buried by Cena? I don't care if they do. Because the moment that John uh, Kofi Kingston wins it, that wasn't never meant to happen. Don't forget that Kofi Kingston stepped into Mustafa Ali's spot, which is a shame in itself, because I'm sure Mustafa Ali would have done great in that. But whatever we get out of this Kofi stuff now is, ad is, is like additional. It's added value content. And I love it. And that's all I need. I'm just going to enjoy it for what it is and the fact that Kofi seems to be having a ball with it. And plus, everyone says Kingston is a lovely man too. So there's so much to take away from it. So even if he wins and again, gets booked like an absolute jobber for two weeks and loses it, at least I got those two weeks. That's how I'm looking at it. It's added value content. Um, Brad Bourne, if I support on Patreon, can I delegate my appearance on the podcast to Neil Gorton? Your nostalgia podcast was amazing. Well, firstly, Brad, thank you for listening for so long. That was a very, very long time ago. You can do whatever you want. And if Neil is free, he is more than welcome to come back on. That was also the podcast where I predicted Shane McMahon would return. And then two weeks later, he did. That's out there in the podcast world. You can go watch it now. Uh, DJ, DJ Wickstar. Hey, Simon, what do you reckon? Would a slightly more edgy, edgy new, stable, new Day stable be better? Kofi for the WWE title and Big E and Xavier Woods competing in the tag team scene. I don't think they need to be more edgy. I wouldn't mind if we did that because then they'd all have established roles rather than this um, Freebird rule they do. But again, I think the Kofi Kingston WWE Championship run ends at Fastlane. Or if it doesn't, it ends soon after that. I don't think WWE is going to keep him at the top of the card for long. Not that he doesn't deserve it. I just don't think they see him in that role. But again, prove me wrong. I wouldn't be a, I wouldn't be upset about it. Uh, David Ayres, do you watch much Impact Wrestling? I don't anymore. Not going to lie. Uh, it's one of those things where there's only so many hours in the day. I want to watch as much wrestling uh, as I can. But this week, for example, you know, there was six, eight hours already. Uh, for WWE, I'll try and watch NXT, so that's nine. I mean, you're up to ten hours pretty much with everything else. And Impact just isn't doing anything for me right now that makes me feel like I want to tune in. I do, I did try and watch it every week, but ever since it's moved to the Pursuit channel and is on Twitch, it's just difficult to fit it in. And this sounds awful, and I don't mean it to sound how it does sound, but they just don't feel not relevant. That's unfair, but they don't feel to ha have the momentum at the moment, and I feel like. Uh, there's not a reason for me to tune in other than those amazing tag matches they've been having between um, the Lucha Brothers and uh, LAX but I will do when I have time I don't want to go anywhere I wish them nothing but success but yeah they're just they're just they're not they're not enticing me in at the moment and I hope that changes um, of course, you know, I want I want all companies to do well. Uh, Gaming 10, do you think Ronda Rousey will retain her title at WrestleMania 35? I think if WWE did that, it'll be the end of wrestling because the internet will explode and take the whole world out with it. But no, I think Becky Lynch will win. Uh, Big do Doggy, who who should Sauna face at Mania? I don't know who Sauna is. <laughs> Who's Sauna? Let me know who Sauna is, my friend, and, and I will answer it. Uh, Jeff Wirtz, was was the exact angle that Kofi got going to happen to Ali in your mind, the long duration, I mean? Yeah, I do. I really think that. I think they were going to give this mega push to Mustafa Ali, which they should have done, uh, especially going with everything that Vince, these rumors about Vince McMahon wanted new talent. Um, and Kofi think Kingston could pull it off, and he did. And not everyone could have done it. Like, so many people went, oh, just, no, 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 no. You needed the right character for that. And I feel like Kofi Kingston and Mustafa Ali have that pure good guy, I just like you, I want to see you do well, quality. And you needed that, um, which is why it's a double-edged sword. I love the fact Kofi's getting it, but a small part of me thinks this really could have benefited Mustafa Ali. But 
you know, hey ho, that's live, that's wrestling. No one knows better than me. It can really, um, it can really start. All right, big argument, Oscar. Who should Oscar face? Sauna's much better. Uh, I, I, it's going to be Mandy Rose. I guarantee, well, not guarantee it, but I'd be confident that not only is it going to be Mandy Rose, I think Mandy Rose could win. Uh, and maybe Lacey Evans gets involved because if WWE are going to push her and she was involved, obviously, in the Oscar versus Mandy Rose thing. Uh, some kind of three-way or situation between them. Doesn't really get me too excited, but you never know. Uh, Aaron, hi, Simon. Do you think more wrestlers will get frustrated within the WWE due to the amount of wrestlers they have and with the new call-ups, new signings? Absolutely. Again, the people we mentioned, if you're Mojo Rawley right now, just get out, man. Get out. You you have something and they're not using you. If you're N Rusev, think about it. If you're Nakamura, you're probably thinking about it. Um, there's loads more. I mean, Ty Dillinger's one. He's obviously asked his release. But Jinder Mahal, right? Say what you want about Jinder Mahal, but he's just vanished. He was WWE champion a year ago. I do. I, especially when these reports come out that Vince McMahon thinks everyone's already done on the main roster. I think we could see a huge shift. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean they go to AEW, though. I don't think AEW wants a bunch of WWE guys because then it turns into imp uh, TNA back in the day. And I don't think you want to repeat that either. Um, just floater. <laughs> of all people on Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and 205 Live, who do you see the most potential in out of those brands? That's a hard question because in terms of potential, Vince McMahon is right. A lot of them have already found their place. Again, not their fault, but that's where they've been put. I think it would be Ricochet or Alistair Black or Gargano or Ciampa because they're new. Uh, Matt Riddle, I think, could be a superstar on, on the main one of the two main rosters. I think he'll come up within six to eight months and I think he'll smash it. Out of that, I can't think of anyone that stands out massively. Elias at one point, but again, they've screwed him up by turning him face and heel like they do the big show. Uh, Samoa Joe as well, but that ain't ever going to happen. Omar L. Arby, Simon, out of the four call-ups, which one is most likely to have we've done that one? Alistair Black, I think. But they all have, uh, they all certainly have potential. It's all about how they're pushed, man. It's all about how they're pushed. Because um, think about it, like, you can take anybody. You could take oh, Kofi Kingston. If I had told you they were going to do all this with Kofi Kingston, you wouldn't have believed at the time because he was kind of in, not in a rut, but he was in a certain routine. But it only ever takes a few weeks to light some somebody up. And if they can take the creative and make sure it works on the other end, that's all you need. You just need someone saying, we're going to get behind you. And you need the rest of being able to go, okay, I can do this. And then you get great results. And that's what we saw with Kofi Kingston. So anybody, anybody on the roster can be pushed. I don't agree with this whole, oh, we buried them too much. So no one's going to believe them. I don't think that's the case at all. You just need to be very headstrong with it and go and go all in. Same with Becky Lynch. A year ago, nobody thought Becky Lynch would be in this position. But it happened, because it can. You just need everything to come together. Uh, Alexandru Mihai. Who do you think will face Undertaker at Mania? I don't think we're getting Undertaker Mania match this year. And I'm all right with it. I'm all right with it. There's nothing wrong with a break. We don't need to force one on there just because it's the Undertaker. All good things come to, the, come to an end. Um, where am I going now? Gaming 10. Who do you think will win at WrestleMania 35? Brock Lesnar or Seth Rollins? Well, I would say Seth Rollins. But as we've seen before, you never know what's going to happen with Brock Lesnar. But I think Seth Rollins has to win. I think that he has to bring the Universal title back to uh, Raw week in, week out. Um, and then he has to get into some good feuds. We're talking about Vince McMahon wanting the ratings up, which he obviously does. We need a belt on the show. Belt helps. So let Seth Rollins, let Seth Rollins bring it back. Uh, Balam Nitesh says, which country are you, bro? I'm in England, man. I'm rocking here in the UK. Hopefully my accent gave that away, but I guess I could be anywhere uh, with my accent. Uh, Armando Matos, would you like to see uh, who would you would you like to see co face Kofi versus heel Biggie at SummerSlam for the W title? No, no, no. 
I want the, the stick the new. There's no need to turn any of them heel at the moment. It would be forced, and it would be done for swerve and shock reasons. And we don't need that. Let, let's build these things. Let's be smart. Let's create stories. Um, again, as we said at the start of the show, that's half the fun with wrestling. We don't just need to go crazy. Uh, DJ Gravesy, who's your favorite wrestler at this present time? Any company? Samoa Joe is up there. Rusev would be up there if they gave him a chance, but they don't. Uh, I like I like to watch Randy Orton in the ring. I think he does loads of subtle things that get noticed. AJ Styles is always my boy. Daniel Bryan, just naming a lot of people. Uh, Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes, Young Bucks. I just sound like any internet person in the world. And we will do one more. Victor Wilberforce, great name. Do you think Undisputed Era should have debuted along with the rest since they're nothing going in NXT right now? Probably. A small part of me was like, well, maybe we should call all them up to SmackDown. I think that would have worked really well. Maybe you do a four-on-four. Four. I don't know. But, abs- but the problem is then you gut NXT if you do that, and I don't think you want to do that. I am surprised if somebody said, who are your four best guys? Adam Cole wasn't in that situation. Because to me, Adam Cole is a WWE all-rounder, and I think they'd love him. But hey-ho, what are you going to do? Uh, right, sorry for the slightly shorter episode this week. I didn't get here till five past the hour, and now obviously we need to go off and up those downs over on What Culture Wrestling. But look, thank you very much. There may not be an episode next week because I'm actually away. I'm going to try and get one done and put it as live next Wednesday, but my week is slowly crushing my brain, so I may not be able to get round to it. But I've said it now. My apologies. I am going away. I am taking some time off, which is rare for me. So do forgive me. But we will be back the week after that. In the meantime, again, if you can support me on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash summer316. If you're on YouTube, there's a link in the bio. Anything you can do helps me no end. It allows me to fund all of this. Uh, on Instagram and Twitter, as you can see, that's at SimonMiller316. Uh, again, if you are on YouTube right now, or if you're not, go along and subscribe. Otherwise, look, just have great weeks. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy next week. Let's see what happens with all these guys on Raw and SmackDown. Keep an eye out to see what news is going to drop. And also, if you're hanging around on YouTube, go to What Culture Wrestling right now. Find the premiere for SmackDown Ups and Downs, and I'll be there, and we can keep the conversation going. But look, in the meantime, thanks so much for always joining me, and I'll see you maybe next week, but definitely 100% live in two weeks' time. <laughs> <laughs>